I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like people in the middle class want everything, right? Like you, we want to... I don't want everything. Okay. Just, we need just to many, live in moderation. Yeah, just what, that's what things. they all say. They want to live in moderation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, want to, we want to be comfortable. We want yeah. to be enough. Yeah. We don't want to be luxurious. <laughs> Welcome to the Alternative Budget Debate. I'm your host, Reggie, a.k.a. Your Chief Financial Coconut. And today, we have an exciting panel. Uh, joining me is... Hello, everybody. My name is Kai. Mm. Where are you from? Oh, where am I from? Like, Singapore. What gave you the right to <laughs> and discuss today's topic? I am a middle-class citizen. That's why I'm here. All right. My name is uh, Tan Unse. I'm affiliated to NUS as well as to IPS. I teach sociology. You're right. You're quite a prolific writer on LinkedIn, <laughs> True Straits Times, you know, and, and yeah. a lot of the... Social class research, all from you. Yeah, yeah. I try to specialize in that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Fair. Later, we'll talk a little bit more about sure. it. Okay, and you? All right. So, hi. My name is Ayn. Uh, I know. So, I am... The best way to describe myself is a tech influencer. But I talk, to, talk about, about coding careers, tech careers, which is the hot topic, I guess, in the past five years or so. So, in addition to that, I also volunteer a lot. So, I see different groups of people who want to, for example, break into the tech industry or who want to seek better salaries. So, a bit of my content lean towards upskilling and getting and taking better charge, I guess, of your life. Mm. So, SkillsFuture <laughs> got sponsored you now. Sure. <laughs> I partnered with them Twice. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe just for a fun fact, I'm just curious, like how many people actually successfully transit into like a tech career? I have no idea. They, the nev- they that- never, they never, okay, maybe I know at least one person. She, I think she studied uh, something related to the social, to social sciences or humanities. I met her in, at, at an event and then like two, three years later, she was like, hey, I remember you. I'm actually working at uh, one of like the well-known tech companies in Singapore and I'm like, wow, he actually like did it. <laughs> mm, mm. Because usually people don't, get back to me like oh you you helped me get into this industry you see i i'm basically like uh, a food dispenser i'm a tips dispenser but they don't like put money into the dispenser you know mm-hmm. i'm just free time okay. to cash in time yeah, to cash yeah. in and so you know essentially what what she said right she said sociology people end up join tech right <laughs> there's no money to be made no. in sociology right. hey, don't, 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 don't get me started don't get me started yeah. on why we need so uh, why why we need humanities and social sciences people especially now with the rise of AI mm. not even the rise of AI the domination mm. of AI I is <laughs> okay okay yes you want to defend your well I, I think um. You know, sociology and all the social sciences, right, has a lot to do with imparting the idea of uh, critical thinking, right? And I think in this day and age, right, you don't have to be very technical. You just have to understand the workplace, understand the market, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then from there, of course, you can learn something specific about the digital economy and yeah. some technical stuff along the way, right? Mm-hmm. But the cognitive part of it, the critical thinking part of it, I think is very essential mm. for the kind of uh, the world we're living in. I mean, after all, it's a knowledge economy, mm-hmm. right? And knowledge is like the new 
petrol, new gas or new yes. whatever, yes. right? Knowledge yeah. and yeah. awareness. That's not mean right. petrol not important. Huh? Petrol is <laughs> still important. Yeah, yeah. But, but I understand. So so maybe, maybe for, for a start, right? There, there's a technical term that's floating around, mm. which is the Gini coefficient, right? Which mm. I think is totally out of your wheelhouse, right? This whole sociology thing. Uh, just, just help us understand because for a period of time, it fell out of fashion. The government stopped mm. talking about it. And then now it's back in fashion. Gini coefficient is down, blah, blah, blah. So actually, what does it mean for the lay? Well, I think uh, Gini coefficient is sort of like a very blunt instrument, right? I mean, because it actually averages a lot of things, right? So, but it is a quick snapshot of what is going on. And it's good for comparative purposes. Mm. I mean, if you want to think about where Singapore is in, in the world, right? Comparatively. Uh, so, the coefficient is a good way to capture it, mm. right? So, zero will be perfect equality and one will be uh, perfect inequality, all right, so I think most countries will be somewhere in between, right? Mm. If you ask me about Singapore, I think I did some uh, read up. In uh, 2023, it's 0.433. That's before transfers, government transfers. And then it became uh, 0.371 if you're factoring government transfers and taxes. Mm. So 0.3 plus, I think, is quite decent. In fact, mm. it's com comparative to that of Australia and New Zealand. I think it's also in the 0.3. Uh, level. But uh, if you compare that to Northern Europe, you know, like your Sweden, Norway, yeah. I think they're in the point two plus. Nordic countries. Yeah, Nordic yeah, countries. Nordic so point two yeah. plus. So I think point two is is probably sort of on the high end. Uh, we are sort of in the middle. And then uh, those uh, your your less developed countries will be something like point six, mm. even point seven. Mm. Uh, that's how that's how it looks like. Okay. internationally so so is then point two the target to go for that means the swedish the not no, what is nordic way of life right well i think if we think of singapore it's always something to be number one right mm. so maybe point two is the way to go <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh dear. but even so i think point three plus is quite decent mm. right so relative to before yeah, especially when you need to include government transfers and taxation mm. you know mm. because otherwise it be point four can, can, can you help us understand a little bit like what what's the the value of that government transfer. I mean, like it's a, it's a coefficient, right? It's actually just a number, right? But but from a transfer type of view, right? Like how how is it really happening? You know, maybe from your from your view of this thing. Well, I suppose it's like uh, you get additional funds. You'll be able to afford things that you probably can't afford, right? And at the same time, it reduces inequality, mm -hmm. right? In other words, it allow people at the bottom to level up. So you uh, you support the tax and spend type of methodology. I know tax and spend very loaded. Okay, okay, I will use a different <laughs> word, but but in a generic sense of it. Well, right. I think like it or not, right? I think the the acceptable model is to be progressive, right? Mm. A progressive tax tax system, right? I guess it's a matter of choice, like you know. I mean, mm. there's nothing to say that you have to be equal. Mm. Nothing to say that you know. If you are poor, just too bad, you know. Or, mm. or if you are rich, well, good for you, you know. Mm. So I think there is a, a moral dimension involved, right? It is not something natural. It is something that is what we call socially constructed. Okay, so do you all agree? Is, are you, do you share that moral dimension, like progressiveness in the social structure, this whole like taxing the wealthy and then redistributing? Is this like the general wave of the people today? For, for myself as a working Parent, I, I think like there's definitely a lot more uh, we can do, especially for the mid-career workers uh, where we are facing or 
going through the phase of managing elder care, mm. child care, and also our career needs as well, right? Because mm. there needs to be a balance of us uh, caregiving for our parents and then also caregiving for our young ones and also maintaining the, the nuclear family as well. So so I think like for, from that perspective, there's definitely room of how we can disperse it in a more diversified approach what does that mean wow that's like keyword galore you know like oh, <laughs> disperse in that is like my corporate jargon yes yes please Just tell me what, what 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 do you want to see maybe from a personal viewpoint what what do you mm. want to see the disbursement the disbursement will be how it can impact me as a citizen right mm. like managing like all these three aspects of my phase of life now mm. for instance elder care like how are you helping caregivers like like i think like while that is still like quite uh an ambiguous concept for now, but in practice, like how does it look like for your common Singaporean, like in terms of caregiving duties, like mm. how employees are being supported for to support employees on caregiving duties for parents, mm. for instance, and for uh, childcare. Like I know that ICDA has been giving like a lot of like grants and subsidies for childcare fees, but like childcare in totality. Like how how else like can your working Singaporeans can benefit from mm-hmm. uh, certain fundings? Really? But okay, maybe maybe one open question, right? Yeah. Is do you feel the pain of the increase in taxes at this point <laughs> in time, right? Because because I think a lot of, uh, amongst a lot of listeners and also yeah. lot, amongst a lot of my friends, of mm-hmm. course we are. I'm not maybe not saying we like, but they are clearly in the upper middle upper class society that means okay so you have atas friends oh basically. many many atas friends they're all very atas they're way more atas than me okay so so but let me just quote mom report right so yeah. mom report uh, i think slightly before budget it came out with one every year they will have this labor report or what labor yeah. something mm. it's always labor something one okay so mm. Uh, the median uh, salary for degree holders, yeah. that means all the degree holders together, the median is about eight point something, right? 8,100 or 8,500. I can't remember the exact number, but 8,000 8, something. Yeah. Right? That's the median wage. So yeah. if you think about it, uh, if they are in that bracket, right, then they they are really experiencing quite a bit of like more taxes, you know, relative yeah. to where they were previously. So I think a lot mm. of people are, at least amongst our listeners are feeling that, right? Yeah. Uh, the, do, do you feel that is it worth it now? You know, like there, there's always this, this uh, like middle class want more, want to be more distributive, want to be morally correct. Mm. But then when the tax bill comes, it's like, oh no, this is <laughs> a bit too much. Uh, I tarry a bit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what, what, what do you, yeah. what do you think on, on this? I mean, I can definitely see my income yeah. tax. Yeah, yeah. The bill has suddenly many <laughs> like more digits. F- huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm. and I think like we are, I, I'm also like trying to see how we can manage uh the 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 financial aspects of our like our the the family and how we are also spending for our parents as well, right? Mm. So even though like we have like your your child tax relief or parenthood tax relief, I'm not sure that, that I don't think that's the the correct terminology, but mm. but but there is like there there are some form of like release for for parents, but I'm still seeing like quite high eh, still. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so actually what I did, right, yeah. like just recently, I actually had to email Iras like, just to check like you whether... Sure? <laughs> <laughs> you sure? You sure is this Of price? course, like in a more, so uh, more... politically correct way, <laughs> la, like, uh, hey, Iras team, um, are you sure like the childhood relief has been implemented in my text? <laughs> As part of like tax deductions, right? Mm. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think like in terms of income tax relief, can afford to be lower, la, especially for uh, your mid-career workers who are going through like... like I mean, navigating adulthood, that's one, right? Broad like Beast, concept. Yeah, yeah but, but I think in terms of assisting with our fixed costs, right? Mm. 
in terms of like running our lives and the different roles and responsibilities that we have, I think there's definitely room for us to get more help. Lah. From a very yeah. short conversation that the middle class is a complex beast, right? Like people in the middle class want everything, right? Like you, we want to... I don't want everything. Okay. Just, we need just to many, live in moderation. Yeah, just what, that's what things. they all say. They want to live in moderation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Moderation. Yeah, yeah. We, want to, we want to be comfortable. We want yeah. to be enough. But yeah. We don't want to be luxurious. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's like... I, the tricky part about defining the middle class is because yeah. you have upper rich class and then you have lower poor-ish class. Mm. So the there isn't... I mean, I think in the past, it used to be income ceilings, right? Yeah. Uh, if you make this amount of income, then you fall in the middle class. But yeah. now, it, I feel it's shifted to more of uh, where you get your income as well as what are your financial priorities. For mm. example, people in, in the upper class, like they make enough money to invest like a lot. Their, their children has like generous allowances. They can mm. go out with friends all the time. Yeah. Or the children has their pick of any school that they want to go to. While the, I, I don't like to say lower class because it sounds mean, <laughs> but um, those who are low income, they their priority is almost constantly on survival mode. Sustenance, the, yeah. yeah. The jobs are usually blue-collar jobs yeah. like police, uh, frontline workers. Yeah, and I feel like they are also more reliant on uh, government support. That, 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 I feel that's an interesting point, yeah. right? Uh, in what I what I realised in doing the few times I've interacted uh, as mm. a volunteer is that there's two kinds of um, low-income households. One of them is that they depend heavily on government subsidies, government support, but there's also the other side where they feel like they don't deserve it or mm. they don't want to be seen as pathetic. Yeah. So, so those are the group that kind of constitute the middle lower, right? Like there's, there's a yes. little bit, like yeah. that's how they kind of brand. Yes. Okay, not say kind of brand. Alamak, <laughs> what brand? It's more like bending from a research yes, perspective because the middle is broad, right? So, yes, yes. So, so you will consider that kind of... Middle, like, I would say there's enough for like luxuries every now and then like a co- like a Coldplay concert for mm. example mm. Um, maybe like you have enough savings but not necessarily enough to retire early yeah. but I feel like the middle class especially people around my age I feel like it's a lot easier for us to waste money <laughs> mm. for example uh, in mm. the past I'm not sure about your generation but I know that oh, uh, draw line, when it comes nah. to <laughs> when it comes line. to housing yeah. it's a lot more accessible now okay. it's like the only way you can get housing I think Gen Z's right now can't basically can't get housing. You have to be at least thirty years old, which is like millennial age, hmm. before you can get your own housing. Or you get yeah, you get married, you BTO and that, that whole yeah. process. But either way, housing is less accessible now. Yep. And then you also have the rise of apps, right? Right healing apps, uh, like uh, online buying apps. So it's a lot easier uh, and in app purchases, there's yeah. it's a lot easier mm. to for that money to drain out of your bank account. Yeah, mm. for sure. And it and I feel like the phenomenon is that um it's because of that, it feels like we are not living uh the, the middle class, especially people around my age, it doesn't feel like we are truly living our life because these are normal normal purchases. Mm. So it doesn't feel like oh we are that we are privileged to be able to spend that money. Yeah. So it, I feel like that's uh, so I feel like there's a disparity between oh these are the luxuries I can afford on the daily, as well as oh these are normal like lu- normal luxuries that people can afford. So I feel like that to me that's why even for me, I struggle between 
am I with the salary that I have am I considered as someone who is high upper middle class or am I still like middle middle class mm. could I uh, chip in here I think mm. one dimension that I think is missing very often uh, is that of wealth Mm, you see, we can measure income quite mm. easily, but we mm. can't measure wealth. Yes. All right. In any case, we don't have the data, right? Mm. Uh, that will depend on access to CPF and uh, <laughs> IRAs, right? You know, yeah. to, to tell us the, the inf- give us the information. Mm. But it's very important because I think when a person retire, right, they could have zero income, mm. but they can still play golf, they, they can still afford everything, right? Yeah. Mm. So I think that that's a part that we don't really capture yeah. in, in, in the, a lot of statistics, right. you know? Mm. Yeah, but, so, um, you're, so you're calling out the people with like three condos, each <laughs> 2.5 million, then, you know, no income, so fall through the cracks. No, I, I mean, these are the people with uh, passive income, right? Mm. I mean, I feel like the point that you mentioned is also very true because, like for like for me, I didn't have any. My my parents didn't get to go to university. I, uh, one of my parents did go to NIE, but that isn't really university. So I went to university, landed a job in a decently paying industry, the, uh, the IT space. And I feel like something that not a lot of people talk about is that it's not just income and financial wealth. It is also the social wealth that you have. Yeah. Networks, um, being able, like, for example, usually what I find, a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Um, there's, there's entrepreneurs who are carried by their parents, yeah. either through their networks or through mm-hmm. their parents' investments. Yeah. And then you have genuinely small business owners yeah. that see this kind of success and they're like, oh, I want to do it too. But the truth is, the difference between these two groups is one of them has enough Access. buffer or mm. margin for error. Yeah. So if they if a business like that uh, like fails at marketing and it fails, only one of those groups will be able to start another business or go to like, uh, go an alternative way while the other one is literally like this is their only effort and mm. I see more and more people in my age group were, were you talking about net worth or networks networks okay. I think a mix of both honestly <laughs> yeah, yeah. it isn't just it, it, and I feel like uh, that's what the Gini coefficient right, sort right. of like is limited right it okay, isn't yeah, just income no, let, let me add in uh, a bit of concept here yeah, right? yeah. I think it's uh, whenever we talk about uh, uh, a class right there are three things Social capital, cultural capital, and economic capital. So mm. we usually capture the economic, there is income, yes, wealth, and exactly. all that, right? But social means whether we have the contacts and the connection. Yes. And we know that even in the meritocracy like Singapore, right? I think connection does matter. For sure. Yeah, Definitely. for sure it matters. Yeah. Because it is from connection that you get the lobang, right? Yeah. Mm. Connection that you get the information. Yeah. And then cultural capital is the knowledge mm. and skills. You know, like for example, you know, when you're young, you get a lot of exposure to all kinds mm, of stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So you get a lot of stimulation, a lot of, um, you know, opportunity to learn. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Sorry, if I may just segue your point to uh, the whole concept of social mobility, right? Mm. I think like social capital really plays a part, a portion Definitely. of it yeah, 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 yeah. in yes, a way yes. where like, I think like when I uh, rightfully mentioned about like uh, maybe business owners with like generational wealth, Generational yes. wealth, they have like a lot more buffer yes. for or higher margins for error versus like the more ground up like yeah. me la, business. See. You <laughs> may? Yeah, you got generational up, wealth, what? No, last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that's, yeah. diff- that's the difference between entrepreneurs and yes. freelancers. In that yes, sense. exactly. Yeah. yeah no I mean, hard to like, measure. Even like for myself, right? As a, Sorry, I need to pull in race <laughs> because 
because our social I like capital the, well, right? I, I feel like my ground is <laughs> shrinking <laughs> no because like we are limited by social capital yes. I'm not gonna put it out like yeah, 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 absolutely. yeah. And, and I think like for, for myself as a mid-career worker I actually had to break out of like that mold of just yes, being within yes. mm-hmm. our I see community this a lot also. yeah and and i think like i also saw it when uh, i was invited as a as a guest speaker for mm-hmm. mandaki career conventions where yeah. i was engaging with a lot of like um pmets and, and and i think like what they are really lacking is social capital that's outside of their community and yes. it's very lacking yes in our community yeah. itself so so i think like what how i was like trying to work around it mm. right it's actually to 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 brave myself to to go for like networking sessions that that's yes, mm, that, yes. that's more mainstream or yes. just like i'm just the minority in that particular networking yes. circle and i think it's fine mm. uh, i think thinking yeah. conceptually uh, what i mean is that yeah we have what we call bonding social capital right yeah. you hang yes, out with the people yes. who are like yourself mm. but if you only hang out in this silo right you're not going to have a lot of access to information exactly. and network mm. yeah. so you need a lot of what we call bridging social capital that means yes, you bridge with other, other other networks yeah and uh and, and there is actually a, a lit- in the literature in sociology right this thing about strength of weak ties i wonder mm. if you heard of that strength in of other weak words, ties yeah i mean it's it. like a paradox <laughs> right yeah. it's like you need to have a lot of weak ties I know, I know. You cannot have just strong ties because if it's strong yeah. ties, you are limited by your mm. small social circle. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And and I think the um, actually which school you go to it doesn't matter, right? I mean, yeah. assuming that you go to one of those elite so-called elite school, <laughs> and you actually mix with people. Of course, if you don't end yes, up not mixing, yes. I mean nothing happens, right? Yeah. But if you end up mixing with those people, actually you do get a lot of connections. Yeah, yeah. You get yes, a lot yes. of information that you may not probably wouldn't get. Yeah. If you are just mm. in Even if you don't know them personally, is the idea of that? Oh, I know that this yeah. is something that goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can yeah. I get into this? Like, if I didn't like, like I think do, uh, when I was in university, there was a whole lot of talk about crypto NFTs. I'm pretty sure that if I did not go to university, I would have never understood yeah. it. I would never even touched it. Yeah, something rub off I mm. think yeah. yes yeah, no, I think no, no, exposure I, just yeah. pure exposure exactly. right? yes. I think additionally right like for your mm. elite schools they also have a, a stronger alumni network yes mm. yes it correct. just carries throughout like their their career journey as well mm. which they can actually leverage whenever mm. needed mm. but as compared to uh, those without those yes yeah access up, and opportunities. There's something so, about I feel like I'm getting highlighted. Something about elite school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> school. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I think in Singapore, right, there is, uh, there's nothing wrong in being part of an elite school but yeah. I feel like when it comes to, like for me, I'm from mostly neighborhood schools. I, I Thankfully, I managed to get land job uh, in IT but I've had a chance to be at uh, schools that are considered like elite and the alumni networks are insane mm. because I, I don't know whether it's because they genuinely were dedicated to building strong alumni networks but I feel like it's another aspect of it is that Singaporeans like to feel elite <laughs> so <laughs> right, it's yeah. like when you have a brand name attached to just your presence or your attendance mm-hmm. it feels like oh I I'm I feel proud. I have this identity that I'm special. Mm. So that sort of like carries on. And like for me, what I do to try to keep grounded, even working in a high flying space like tech, is that I try to volunteer. So I know like on the ground what's going on. How can I help my community, which is something that I'm passionate about. And through social media, also a lot of my social media advocacy is through 
A lot of my community advocacy is through social media. I have people coming up to me offline saying, oh, I saw your videos. I saw like the tips you give. I saw I, I went to your, uh, I went to one of your volunteer events and I want to know more about this industry because they don't just see me online where knowledge is very accessible, yeah. but they also see like, oh, I'm an actual person. I actually live through the experience and I look like them, sound like mm. them. I'm part of the same demographic. That's another aspect about social capital that not a lot of people talk about, the idea yeah. of representation and diversity. Yeah. It's more than just, oh, I see myself, but it's like, I see that it's possible for someone like me. Mm. And that is something that isn't very measurable, that you can't necessarily measure through numbers. It's mm. really sort of like a, uh, a human... It's, it, it's sort of organic. I yes. mean, you don't necessarily have to force it. In fact, you don't yeah. have to force it. Yes. You know? yeah. As long as you put people together and hopefully mm. they do mix. Hopefully as, they do as, mix. As, <laughs> no, no, it is possible to be together and not mixing. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. Okay. Mm. I mean, think about the uh, all these uh, wild animals and the drinking water, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they just do their own thing. It's yeah. yeah. like CBD, right. like, you walk past at lunchtime, so many people, you don't mix with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but you are all in the yeah. same place. So yeah. proximity doesn't mean that you actually mix. Yes. I mean, yeah. just like sometimes... It's having a common identity correct. or Some... alignment on a yeah. certain issue. And more importantly, it's about doing things together. Mm. Yes. Because if you just say hello, hi, right, nothing's going to happen, right? Mm. But hello, mm. hi, and doing things together in the community, yes. in the workplace, in the school, yeah. that is where you form networks that may turn out to be useful. Right? Yes, mm. yes. But I want to bring back to the idea yep. of like middle class, right? So yep. what, what constitutes the middle class like what, mm. what is defined within the middle class because everybody somehow want to believe mm, they're part right. of the middle class so <laughs> yeah anybody wants to take a jab at it well I think the dimensions would be things like of course income mm. and uh, wealth along with it and then things like of course occupation education and even housing and and these are not easily measurable because like for example you talk about education I mean like occupation right okay is a professional much higher than a senior manager Right, I mean, so you you can't really think of it as a hierarchy, right? They're not. So the easiest actually is to measure income because it's a number, so high or low, right? Uh, education you can still still measure, uh, university, uh, ITE, polytechnic, and all that, mm-hmm. right? But the, but then again, these days, right? You also know that some people may be ITE or poly, but they are doing much better than university. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, so there is what we call the, a certain kind of uh, discrepancy, right, between the different dimension, right? So it's really actually quite hard to measure whether you're lower middle, middle middle, or upper middle, mm. right? So, <laughs> so a lot of it has to do with uh, maybe subjective. That means you can also identify yourself. Where mm. are you, mm. right? Who, who do you think, uh, what class do you think you belong to, mm. right? We do that. Uh, but by and large, if you want a very sort of quick way of measuring, of course, you look at income, right? And, and therefore, we do consider, let's say, like the median income. So the median household income in Singapore right now is about almost 11,000. Yeah. But, right? Yeah. Household, household, right? Yes. Assuming a family, uh, a household of four, mm. then divide by four, right? What, so what is poverty? I think in some places, poor, the poverty line is something like half, right? Half of the median. 
Mm. I mean, depending on where you want to put it. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but that is a relative poverty, right? So there is relative poverty and there's absolute poverty. So a relatively poor person in Singapore may actually be quite well-to-do in a third world country mm. in terms of the resources and opportunities that they have, right? Yeah, but having said that, I think if you want a rough measure, I would say income is a quick way to do it. Mm. Uh, and along, the, along with that, if you can add in housing, mm. uh, housing would be, I mean, in my view, I think anything that is, say, four-room and above, Again, all these are very blunt measurements. And increasingly, in terms of education, right? Mm-hmm. I would say that about almost 50% are at least tertiary educated. Mm-hmm. And tertiary means inclusive of polytechnic, right? mm-hmm. diploma and, and university degree, right? Mm-hmm. So it's already 50%. Mm-hmm. And if you talk about occupation, PME, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, PME is also almost 50%, or maybe even slightly above 50%. So if you look at PME, then we can say that uh, 50% of Singaporeans are middle class, right. okay? If you look at it in terms of housing, I think it's more like 70-some percent. And uh, some years ago, uh, I think then PM Lee, right? Lee Kuan Yew was saying that, you know, 80% of Singaporean... That's quite many years ago. Many, many years ago. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. But, it's, uh, so but at the time, he was saying that 80%, <laughs> 80% own their... You know, Housing, live in HDB right? and yeah. they own their flats, right? For and therefore, years only la. therefore, they so-called own <laughs> private property. Ah, okay. <laughs> right. So called, so called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean, that is how it is, but I would say that a lot of it is income, a lot of it is actually subjective. That means mm-hmm. you decide where you are. Okay, okay. So this is the academic view, right? <laughs> academic so, view, because, yeah. of, of course, you, you got to draw some line somewhere, right? Yeah, but, yeah. but from a social standpoint, I think different people does kind of load it up a little bit differently, mm-hmm. right? So, how, like, like, especially the subjective side of things. So, how will you define the middle class today in Singapore. Like, what does it mean to be middle class? For you, like, you can decide. Yeah. For me? You don't need to speak for the nation. Nah. It's okay. No, 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 yeah, no yeah. I'm not. I'm not. This is purely yeah. based on my own perspective, yes, right? Yes. I think mindset means, like, psychosocial. Mm. Oh. Okay. Don't throw <laughs> intersectionality. <laughs> I will throw I love, you I love out. It. Okay, I okay. will throw you out of this place. Yes. You know right. I hate those fluffy shit. You don't, right? Yes, <laughs> I love it. Fluffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fluffy, fluffy. Yes, come. Tell me. What, yeah. what, maybe you describe a little bit. And also opportunities as well. Uh, maybe mm. maybe yeah. we can describe a little bit. Like, what does yeah. it mean to... Like, what is a middle class life? How does it feel like? I think there are two aspects. One is uh, financial well-being and also mental well-being as well. Mm. Yeah, please come for our event on the 23rd of March at OCBC. So for financial well-being. <laughs> financial well-being <laughs> festival. Right. Okay, okay, okay. So I think like for financial well-being, um, I think we definitely need to educate ourselves in terms mm. of financial literacy uh, on how we are managing our expenses, family expenses. If like for instance, uh, hey, like for this month, we have been like eating out like like more than usual, eh? That maybe we not we we need to cut back like the 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 subsequent months, and then we need maybe to cook at home like more often now. So 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 I think like managing your fixed costs la, at mm. home, I think it's very vital in order to to sustain. So the second one is mental well being. Mm. I think I I think there's correlation. There's correlation in a way where, for instance, you don't manage your financial health, you're gonna fight with your spouse. And then that's going to lead to arguments mm. at home. Mm. And then how does that like impact your marriage? And how does that like impact like you raising your child? Somewhere, I, I think, like, somewhere there is a Maslow hierarchy of needs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, okay, yes, okay, definitely. Okay. Yeah, so, so for, I mean, to keep things short, like I, I'm just focusing on these two aspects, like mm. financial and mental. What I see as a middle class 
pers- uh, individual will be yeah. someone that maybe they have a full-time income somewhere, mm. but they might also have a side hustle mm. n- uh, because they are able to get a stable income that can still support, you know, their basic needs, yeah. housing, all that kind of stuff. But they also crave independence. Mm. So they want to be able to independently, at some point, independently make money without depending on an employer to micromanage them. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming that a middle-class individual would have, you know, how the basic can afford uh, housing, they can afford their own transport, they have their yeah. own car or like they always commute. I feel like, and maybe they have like, they basically have enough disposable income to for, to save for the future. Mm. So whether that's investing mm. or saving or saving up it to pay something in cash, which isn't the same for someone of a lower income class where they are almost constantly on survival mode, right. budgeting every single cent and versus someone who is on the upper class where they don't have to think about budgeting mm. and they don't need to worry about making money because they're already making enough money either passively or through what's their car what's their car or mm. through you know employing people essentially okay. mm. right that means you are not at the level where you gotta pinch a penny mm-hmm. right but yeah. neither are you at the level where you don't need to care about it at all yeah right? so you're kind of there you're sufficient yeah. you know that every month you know as long as you, your job is there yeah. things will be fine you like, can right now it's okay but once i retire and i cannot be and ah, i usually cannot be employed stress, now right? that one is ah. where you like you have to think about Okay, okay, like, okay, that. okay. like th- that's when you have to think about the future. You have to think about mm. retirement, financial adequacy. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes, yes. I-, I think middle class is also whether if government means testing, right? Mm. You are excluded after they yes, do the means yes, testing, you are excluded from whatever <laughs> welfare or whatever benefits, right? right? I think so. I think this is where we talk about, you know, some people call it the sandwich class, but although I prefer not to use that term, yeah. I think it's more like a what they term the middle class squeeze, right? In other words, you don't really get a lot of the benefits, but neither are you rich. Yep. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have a lot of disposable income. I mean, you manage. It's the people yeah. that usually complain about 5% plastic bag. Like. Yeah. <laughs> 5 cent plastic bag. It's on the line. It's on the line, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, anyway, it's quite really quite hard to determine where exactly is the line where mm, middle mm. class starts. Okay, right? okay, and fair. Yeah. Fair. So, so then, in other words, I don't hear anything about the five Cs, huh? Right, so so in other words, all those things like your, the consensus in this economy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So I'm trying to understand because I think for a long period mm. of time that was the aspiration of so-called yes. the middle class. Yeah, right? every like, composition. Yeah, yeah, but but it, I mean, in recent times, uh, I don't mm. know if it's mm-hmm. because people have kind of you know cannot attain, so don't do it anymore, or the government has done some sort of refresh as to why it's considered middle class, or like where where are we. Well, that? I think we are talking about the Singapore dream, right? Yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, for the longest time. We equate Singapore dream to the five C's, right? Mm. And uh, five C's, uh, apart from cash, condo, credit apartment, card, uh, private credit car, yeah. credit club. card, and country card. But yeah. I think the last two are actually mm. not so relevant these days. Yeah, because country card closing down. Who care about yeah. country card <laughs> membership? Nobody cares, <laughs> yeah. right? And and what's the other one again? Credit card. Credit card, come yeah. on. Yeah. Everybody Everyone has it. Yeah. And we have yeah. more than one, right? Yeah. So yeah. the only yeah. thing that still remains important will be cash, condo, apartment, and uh, private car, right? Mm-hmm. And cash is of course fundamental. Uh, yeah. with, with your cash, yeah. you can do the other two. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So I think that is still the Singapore dream. I know we say that maybe Singapore dream is now about mental health and all kinds of <laughs> other things, right? Meaningful life and all that. But I think boils down to still the material. The yeah. material so, still yeah, matter. Yeah. Okay. We, okay. We can't get away from that, right? Mm. So you disagree with the mental health, all those things? No. no like to I, you, these are the clearer <laughs> barometers. 
of what is considered a good. No, good. I'm just saying that, you know, I think the material still matter. It is a necessary condition. Mm. Okay. Mm. I mean, it may not buy you happiness, but without it, you don't even have the necessary condition. Mm. Right? You can't be poor and say, hey, I'm living a very meaningful life. It's, it's hard to do that. Mm. Uh, mm. I mean, you can force yourself to think like that, but I think <laughs> you, still need, you still need something. Uh, you can't live with nothing, right? Okay. I would argue that the country, the country club um, C is still relevant, but not as a country club, but in terms of social validation, whether that's on social media mm. or like, I feel, I feel like social media is the easiest example to give. Recently, I think there's this whole fiasco about Stanley Cups. Oh my God, that was what came into my head. Okay, basically, right. your NS water bottle, simple. <laughs> <laughs> so right. like, imagine that, but super prettified. By right, Stanley Cups are supposed to be sustainable. It's supposed mm. to be reusable compared to, you know, disposable cups. But now, it's become like a status symbol. Yeah. Oh, we need to get the limited edition ones. There's right. literally people fighting over Stanley Cups. And now people, and then on social media, there's people showing their whole collections of the exact same cup times 12, times 20. And it, then it comes down to uh, social validation, right? Because, wow, if you can afford a Stanley Cup, then it's like, oh, I have a Stanley. That, right. How much is one Stanley Cup? I think at some point it was $50. Yeah, it's not a lot. La. It's just Americans very poor. Full okay, yeah. like, stop. But, yeah, but, but it's still <laughs> that social validation part. Yeah. Social media has made social, uh, uh, social sure. validation a lot more necessary a lot more vital mm. like if you not, if you are not social media or if you don't see on social media you're not you're not valid okay mm. yeah. but, but can i sort of respond to that right yeah, it's yeah. like uh that i think you if you are very account? rich you are very rich <laughs> hold it okay. if you are very rich right you can actually afford to dress down that's ah. right you can wear mm. you can wear your chakra you don't have to show off yeah, yeah you don't have to you know it's only when you are poor that, or maybe say a lower middle class, uh, and then mm. you try to you yeah. know, put on your accessories and all that, right? Mm. I mean, you probably need that. So, so is this a well-documented social phenomenon? <laughs> have you seen I don't Mark think I have empirical data. <laughs> la, but what I'm saying here is that, you know, you are so confident mm. that you can dress any way you want yeah, and yeah. still feel good yeah. about yourself. No, but I agree with you. I think right. from an anecdotal standpoint, I see a lot of this. Yeah. Right? Mm. So that's why I was curious whether... Did anybody collect the data that this is how it is? Okay. Back okay. to I think that goes back into like financial, uh, what are your financial priorities? Because mm. by once you reach that kind of like income class, right, you're like, oh, it's not just I don't care about what I wear, but it's more of like there's more important things that I can focus on, like, oh, I want to buy more houses, I want to invest more in stocks, not necessarily, oh, I need to get the next luxury shirt, for example, mm. next luxury bag. Mm. 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 Okay. So so then what is the Singapore dream then? <laughs> Singapore dream yeah, for yeah, myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, what is the Singapore dream? If if 5C is mm. from what answer say, 5C is still kind of relevant. It's maybe yeah. not the talk of the town, but the basics material level has to still be there. Oops, right? So then what is the Singapore dream to you? So and and I think I what I'm trying to do is to equate yeah. the, the middle class aspiration as the Singapore dream, right? Essentially that's kind of how it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what is the Singapore dream to you today? For myself is to be self-sufficient, that's one. Mm-hmm. And for the family as well. Of course, like I would like to raise my kids in a way where there's equal opportunity for him. And there's also like that that buffer like for 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 me to to invest to also ensure that i'm also saving up enough for my retirement uh bit like through cpf voluntary contribution or like other investments and also to yeah to, to ensure that like that the family has a roof to live in mm-hmm. and there's also like that access for for comfort like travel mm-hmm. 
mostly travel uh, because I'm actually quite a travel buff. <laughs> or like at least... I know. And the fact that we need to increase like the air ticket prices because uh, <laughs> Singapore is Because we want to choose to use free. cooking oil to burn, <laughs> right? For some yeah. weird reason. Okay. Yes. So yeah, yeah. we also need to factor that Okay, wait. Well, so yeah? I, I want to hold you there, right? Yeah. So to you, that is a dream. You haven't achieved it. Or you um, are already achieving it. If you're achieving it, then is that a dream? Or are you living the dream? You know what I mean? Well, that's a very tricky question. Yeah, eh? yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> yeah I, I, I want to know, right? Like, like, is that a dream? You know what I mean? Of course, uh, we can... We okay, la, that's to, yeah. not a dream. Mm. <laughs> that's not quite a it's dream. It's a goal. But, but I think like, I, I think I'm already stepping yeah. to that level. Okay, that's But good. of course, you also need to buffer for inflation, GST increase. It's, it's, it's an important thought process. Right. Because... A lot of people, after they achieve something like that, then yeah. they achieve the Singapore dream in their head, right? Then they become mm. lost. They don't know what to do. Mm. Right? Mm. It's, it's also quite common amongst the working professionals. Like graduating from yeah, university. After, <laughs> after they work 10, 20 years, they've accumulated and mm. they have hit the Singapore dream. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then it becomes a question of like, uh, what's next? Huh? Then, mm. then it becomes a different mm. set of uh, struggles, right? So, yeah, so okay. just want to be But of course, like, I think after you have attained the Singapore dream, right? Then you will have other considerations as mm. well. Like for instance, if you're progressing in your career path, and then you reach like a certain level, right? And then, okay, uh, at like 40 or like 45, for instance, like because when I was speaking with like my mentees, mm. they, they are worried about like, hey, uh, are we still relevant professionally mm. if when we hit like 45? Like, mm. like especially within like the, the media, industri uh, media industry, for example, like, so, so I think like there's other factors that we will need to consider and also evolve of the from the Singapore dream to mm. sustenance now, mm. Mm. yeah. So so I feel like so it's, it's well, not just like hitting, a cap, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to continue hitting there, right? And yeah. the struggle the struggle is is that the yeah, the struggle will be sustaining it. Okay, yeah. Okay. 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 Fair. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. And what what about your thoughts? Is there any do Gen Zs have a different view of like what is considered the middle class? I think it's it's like fifty fifty. What Kai said for me is two parts for uh as an individual i want to reach a point where i don't have to worry about money like i have enough in my investments to give me passive income and i would be able to you know pursue whatever i want without having to worry about the price tag attached to it but i also have to think about my parents my family right i think i i'm firmly in the generation of what, what what was it called? The, is it the sandwich generation where you're where you're supporting your own family yeah, as yeah. well as supporting your parents? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like more and more people are getting uh, into that, and for me, and I see that for for me also. So I can't completely say, oh, I want to achieve my dream. I I've made it. I also have to think about my parents, uh, my, my my family, my siblings. One of one of whom is still like studying. I have to, even though like what I'm. Gen Z still relatively young I I have to already think about like this these considerations from a family slash community standpoint I think I also want to reach the point where I can support mm. at least the basic necessities of my fa of my family like basic utilities so, so to you them. that is a Singapore dream I'm asking about the Singapore dream like so the, to me yes that is the Singapore dream because uh. everything's expensive <laughs> but mm. that, that, that oh, and wow, I feel also like um, I think everyone is worrying about like being able to afford their basic necessities while also wanting 
caring for wanting, others, I suppose. Not just caring for others, but yeah. just FOMO lah. They right. don't want to miss out on cool things that they want to do. Mm. But at the same time, they feel like they have to save, save out every penny, mm. which, I, which I had, which I'm still struggling with myself. So to me, my Singaporean dream is being able to be able to do what I want while also supporting the basics of what my, what, you know, my dependents need. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Interesting yeah. that that is a dream. At right, this point, right. I'm yeah, still yeah, like yeah. relatively young. No, no, I'm no. no, like no. I, I get it, I get it. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that is the, I mean, it reflects the considerations of different uh, groups, groups, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's quite interesting. <laughs> okay, so then, um, maybe I, I want to go further into like, so there are all these policy changes that came out, you know, uh, this year, right? Uh, whether is it skills <laughs> futures, whether is mm. it change in the, you know, uh, ERA, you know, enhanced retirement, ARS, enhanced re- retirement scheme mm. for CPF, whether is it a change in the, some of the property tax, right. tax bending, you know, for the, for the NAV. Like, what are some of the things that you believe was good and it helped to achieve that Singapore dream? I feel for me, um, because I a lot of my content is catered around upskilling and break and career switching, right? I feel like the skill the skills future, you know, for uh, older workers, for uh, ITE graduates to pursue a diploma, I feel like that's always a good move because I think I still believe that education is one of the most uh, vital yet expensive luxuries one can have mm-hmm. but i feel but my my I feel like my worry also is yes we are making we are building a people that is uh, effective efficient but are we but i feel like part of that budget could also be ded- dedicated towards making towards um uplifting our well-being as well Mm. For, uh, so you I, don't feel like any part of the budget elevated your well-being or like uh, it's targeted at doing it? I feel like it's targeted a lot towards career goals and uh, mm. finances which is fine which is which is like the ba- the basics I feel like that is an important point mm. Mm. but I also feel like like for example a lot of criticism for skills future credits is like oh what's the point of having all these credits if I don't have time if I don't have if I cannot commit to that course, mm. and a lot of courses that, let's say, will help you learn a career, mm. they are the kinds that are like months long. Yes, so yes. how can you, you afford the time for yeah, that, right? Yeah. Mm. That's one aspect. And another aspect is like, okay, I, I won't talk about like how how some course providers, uh, they are just in it for the money. <laughs> but it's like being able to have the luxury of time and money to go for additional courses is one thing. But, what about the other aspects of pursuing a side hustle that nobody that that isn't considered for? For example, for me, it's like mental health. I I think recently there's this initiative called Mindline, um, where they want to help youth ambassadors be able. Oh yeah, to give I saw their, that. It's yeah, mental cute. health, yeah. Uh, uh, mental health resources essentially, mm. which I feel like is important and more budget should go towards that because I feel like we've already reached a point where everyone and their grandfather, grandmother know that. Uh, going for the right career, earning a good salary is important, but not necessarily enough about taking care of your mental well-being and your mm. mental health. Because once that, once you uh, your tap runs out of energy of money, then you are just not going to make very smart decisions. You're not going to be able to um, feel safe, okay. and at some point you're just going to crash. You're going fair, to burn fair, out. Fair. And to and be fair, yeah, there's no uh, reporting on the mental health there's thing. Li- it's limited, this, and this I feel round, like it's still you know? a huge stigma. About no, but uh, it's, I don't think it's a stigma, right? I, I think the government has already accepted it, and mm-hmm. they made a whole spiel before the parliament. 
before mm. this budget debate. There was a whole thing already. Okay. And I actually agree with the uh, with the government's approach to this. Mm. It's not to institutionalize the whole thing, but you know, <laughs> to do every other thing mm. on top of setting up a broader public infrastructure mm. around awesome. mental health support, right? So that, that's a different discussion, but I do agree that I was quite puzzled why this the budget never thought about it. But slightly mm. before that, there was a discussion on, on mm. this. Right? So maybe in a few months' time we will see see more hopefully. of that. Right. Hopefully that comes. Well, it could be in the second installment. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 because this is right. the first installment. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second installment to Yeah, yeah. It's okay. This is part of my job. So I watch it a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what about you? Is that, is that particular Well, thing? my view is that the budget is very much about being future ready, mm. right? Mm. I mean, uh, the assurance package is more for the present, you know, maybe the next couple of years, you know. But uh, early child education and then training for mid-career uh, people and then retirement financial adequacy for seniors. I think this is all about the future. These are all about the future, right? And I think we really need to prepare for the future, mm. right? After all, Forward Singapore is actually not just about now, right? But about years to come. Mm. The next 20, 30 decades, I mean, uh, Three decades. But from your from your view just now that you've established that material accumulation is still important, right? So the five C's on some level is still important for the people. But mm. are, are the policies now continue to facilitate this accumulation process? Yeah, I mean, like it or not, I think I think training, jobs and earning a good income, I think it's still very much basic. Mm. Right. We can't just go go ahead and talk about, you know, uh, mental health and, and meaningful life, right? Without even talking about money. I think we have mm. to talk about money. Mm. I mean that is a reality. And even all these benefits that we are giving out, you know, welfare and all that, right? Needs funding. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and and for that reason, that's why we have GSD, we have all this taxation, right? Mm. I mean, much as you don't like it, <laughs> but it costs money. Mm. Mm. Fair, fair, fair. I think if I may echo uh Ayn will be the 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 Singapore skills future where I mean uh, Q4 last year, I was actually taking my ECLP certification yeah, in yeah. adult training. Very and stress. Come and tell me, oh, I need to do presentation tomorrow. <laughs> Very stress. Yeah, so it, it was a pretty intense like three months training. But I think like it, it, it's good that like uh, with this budget announcement, they are reinforcing the reinforcing the importance of reskilling and upskilling because then I will, uh, I will also, it also makes me think that like, oh, whatever my efforts were in Q4, it's, it's going to be doubled down uh, in terms of like government efforts, in terms of like ramping up adult trainers or adult students. Basically, mm. adult students are like your PMETs who are like mm. upskilling mm. La, essentially. Mm. So so I think like then that also gives me the opportunity to probably start like a side hustle where maybe uh, I could do like more trainings in institutions uh, as a freelance like adult trainer facilitator mm. uh, so 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 i think like that also gives me assurance that like the, the market for adult education is going to thrive in the next mm. few quarters i as will well. challenge you to that because the, the government <laughs> said they were scope so likely the 4000 extra right yeah. that one will go into uh, institute of higher learning for so sure, your for poly sure. endowments and all those things will get bigger but i don't yeah. think it will enter the private market right mm. but, but the details are not out yet yeah. right so so yeah, let's see we will see but what about from your own because that one like, okay, it will help a lot of the mid-career people that kind of mm. moving along, right? But yeah. for you, at this current situation of your life, which you yeah. have kind of said that, hey, actually, you are already kind of on the dream, right? Like, you yeah. already achieve it. Now, mm. it's about continue to achieve this. Mm. But you see your tax bill keep going out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, what, what is your... 
how 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 do you feel like some of the policies, you know, like or is there something that you think like hey, not part of the discussion? I pay so much but don't have, you know, like I would like to see more so that I can continue this middle class good life and Singapore dream. I think what's lacking will be which I thought like mm. at least they could consider will be the parental shared leave. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I think... What's like, the current situation? That uh, the fathers can actually take on like the, the maternity leave, but it's only going to be only a week out of like their four... Okay. Four months, okay. I think. So you feel like it should yeah, be the I think same. like it's, very, it's, it's a little bit limiting like for us to be part of like the, the journey, especially like the, the early phases of like the newborn. Mm. Uh, and that leaves us limited flexibility to be able to maneuver and how we intend to fair. use our leave as well. Yeah, At least like with a parental shared leave, it's actually up to us to to plan and manage like, okay, uh, maybe during like the first couple of months, like at least like the fathers can actually be more hands-on. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like there, there's like all talks about uh, gender equality. Uh, but no I, action. Uh, no, eh, I didn't action. say no action. <laughs> talk, I said how talk, about like, like equal like... parenting. Oh, okay, fair. Policies. Fair, yeah. Fair, fair, so fair, so fair. that'll be it lah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe in a few years after the <laughs> after the new tax code settle down, you yeah. kind of see what's the income stream, then you will see some of these things. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any any last things to add about the budget or anything you hope to see, you know? I think to add on to what you say, right? Yeah. I think the employers also need to buy in, right? Mm-hmm. Because sure. when you talk about all this leave, right? I think one reason why guys, you know, fathers tend not to take the leave is because mm-hmm. there's KPI, you know, right? Know, you gotta make sure that you deliver. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So I mean, you can go and leave. Yeah, by yeah. all means, go and leave. But yeah, what happens to your career? Mm. Right. Mm. So I think that also has to be uh, make more reasonable. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Maybe I want to push a little bit on that, right? Do we want to move into a society where it's a single income earner society again, right? Because we talk about all the family, family mm. thing, right? And it's it's a bit of a uh, a complex intersection because the median income is not enough to meet the mm-hmm. the the good so called good quality of life. You need to you need both parties to be working to to live that kind of life. That I think what we can confidently say what a lot of middle class wants, but now then there's a big shift and like, oh parenting take care of your kids blah blah blah. So are we as a society do we want to move there? I think in the old days right when we were much poorer. In uh-huh. fact, the father is the main main and only breadwinner. Yeah. And the mother is the housewife or the yeah. homemaker, right? Yeah. But then the thing is that with female participation, female going going to a higher education, right? Mm-hmm. So it becomes a dual income family. And mm-hmm. I think you need that because if you want to sustain your middle class lifestyle at, on the higher end, you need both to be working. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't help it, but do that. Okay, so that is a definitive point at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, cool. Any last things you want to add? I feel like well, an interesting thing is like five, ten years ago, whenever someone talks about dual income parents, right, it's like, oh, poor thing, they have to work. <laughs> Life's so hard, right? Like, uh. Life's so hard. But now, <laughs> now, the interesting thing is on social media, there's basically a whole phenomenon called DINK. Dual income, no kid. Yep. And it's perceived as a lot more positive because they're leaving it up. They don't have Serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. If you search up Dink, you will see okay. there is a lot of people like, oh, I have no kids. I don't have to worry about crying babies and that kind of stuff. Mm. But I feel, and I feel like that's, then I feel like the difference between the two is the idea of independence. Like I, oh, I as someone who has dual income, no kids, we can treat ourselves independently. It's our, our money is our money. But when you have, uh, for example, kids uh, at play then it, it isn't so much as it's a bad thing but it's more of like oh I have to think I don't yeah. I can't 
purely think about myself. I can't mm. independently think about myself. I do think about other people in my circle. Like, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes mm. sense. Yeah, and I, I think that's a concern for a lot of middle yes. working class professionals. Yeah. So yeah, we will do an episode about Dink. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get a few other people on. Thank you for your time. Thank you. All the best for the year. Okay. You know. And, thank you. Uh, yes, thank you. Appreciate. Nice. <laughs>